So, do you have, what do you want to talk about to start? Um, because I have sort of. Do you have things? Well, I mean, no, I have things for our segment. Okay, I have things for our segment. For my segment, um, I have things for my segment. Yes, yes, I yeah. Let's. Uh, I mean, I think let's do like a quick recap of what we missed. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's the first post-trade deadline. Yeah, um, we can talk. Now, we probably shouldn't. I don't. We shouldn't spend too much time on the trade deadline because it's kind of old news at this point. Um, but we have to at least discuss it. I think we have to discuss Verdugo. Yeah, I'm not uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to have counter programming on the over the monster network theme wise with respect to high and bloom oh oh i think it's fine <laughs> i think it's totally fine i don't know what happened man i after the person I'm not going to say their name in case we keep this audio <laughs> who equated being unfollowed by over the monster with high am hate <laughs> i wrote a column that was I want to say it was critical of Hyam, but I think it was like. I thought it was very fair. I thought it was critical. Yeah, I was. I was. I was not trying. Most to, of the people were not responding to any of the words you actually wrote. They were just but, responding to the headline and and the top ten thing. But but also yeah. the day before it happened on Twitter, and that was the crazier thing. Like I get how a yeah. article I write that. <clears throat> well, I retweeted that. <laughs> That's what happened. You didn't realize that happened? No. And uh I read what what did you write? Well, what it was just it's again? just Mookie Betts. People were like, get over it. And oh yeah, I, yeah. I, this, yeah. The thing well, I, is, I mean I retweeted it from Maine, so that's why you you were getting but more here's the thing. Cheaper. Like I, I I am happy for the fans that didn't suffer. Like I I mean, look, the Red Sox won the World Series when I was 26, so like it wasn't like I was old. Mm-hmm. But at least growing up, people were still fucking pissed about the Babe Ruth trade, and they weren't even alive when that happened. Yeah, I think I'm still allowed to be pissed by the Moogie trade, and I, I don't even think it's a age thing. I think it's just that people think that uh, they Hi have. And a Bloom right... is just the main character. Like that. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like yeah. Everything has to filter through him in some way, so it comes out as very binary. This is the Monsters of Socks. That's Dan, and I'm Brian. But it's 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 why everything like, does I, have to. I and I thought I don't want to be considered like. I think even in that column, I said I love the Urias acquisition. I've always liked that guy. Like, yeah. That's a great move. That but was said. It's like, it's like mutual funds. Yes, your returns are going to be stable and good. The only problem is that there are going to be irrational actors, and if there are X number of irrational actors, one of them may actually hit, and that's who you're actually competing with. And I, I understand. don't even think irrational actors is is the right term, but the but the the you know the Luis. Rio Steel is is a real like that that is a really interesting thing to talk about 
vis-a-vis the whole strategy because that was a good deal. Like you said, that's a really good trade. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote in the meet the, in the meet the new guy piece, I, I wrote uh, about the, about the deal for the site. You know, I, it's really hard to explain what the brewers are thinking. The only explanation I could come up with is that they are being cheap because they do have, they do have a replacement for him. One of their top prospects is a second baseman who's ready. Who's, who's ready. He's been up. Um, and Urias is going to get a, a, a raise, an arbitration race. Um, so I think they were just like, hey, we have an opportunity here to save a couple of million bucks. We're going to do it. Um, because it is baffling to just a, a guy who's had several seasons of, you know, of WRC pluses in like the 110s. A guy who he's not going to be an all star, but he's perfectly capable and has put up like three win seasons before. That's fine for you. You don't want a whole team of those guys, but that's fine for a second baseman. And for them to just give up on him in a year when he got hurt on opening day and was out for two months, came back, didn't look good, went down to triple A, did look much better down there. For them to just give up on him, it's baffling. And you know what? Like we say, we say nothing happened on the trade deadline. We say he didn't do anything on the trade deadline. He got their starting second baseman for the next two years. That's what that was, because that's what he is going to be. Luis Arias is is one hundred percent going to be the starting second baseman for the next two years on opening day. Um, that is a really good deal, but it's not really what the Red Sox needed. <laughs> And that's and that's where we get into the bigger conversation, you know, of sort of like what Bloom is doing here and what his plan is and what we've discussed ad nauseum. If he finds value, he's gonna he's gonna grab it. He's gonna grab it. Um, but I so far, so far his plan is just let me stockpile as much value as I can. And eventually, if you just keep doing that for years and years and years, you'll end up with a World Series contender. I don't think that is has been proven to be true yet. Uh, I don't think any other team has quite undertaken the project that he has undertaken. Except, I mean, the closest. I mean, I know you keep saying that he's going to do the Braves thing, and maybe he is, but we don't know that yet. It'll be interesting to see. Does he lock up Casas this offseason? He's certainly shown he he he's he, he deserves it. I, mean, I don't think anyone would would bat an eye if, if with giving Costas a ten year deal right now after the way he's turned it on right now as young sluggers. Like, is he going to do that? Maybe. And if he does, then maybe that does show us that the Braves template is what he's going for. But right now, right now, he's just saying, "I am really good at finding value." He is. There's no disputing that. Um, there are people who say he's very good at building up a farm system. There's no question the farm system is better. I mean, realistically, the way it's gotten better is simply by the fact that he has not gotten rid of a single minor leaguer who's come through the system in three years. He's made three, he's traded three prospects in his four years on the job. He had the Aldo Ramirez trade for Kyle Schwarber. Aldo Ramirez was like 19th in the system. He had the Jay Groom trade for Eric Cosmer. Eric Cosmer was already a post prospect at that point. And then he had the Arias trade. And Blaylock, ironically, might end up being the best of those three guys that he's traded. But other than that, like, the, why is the farm systems better? The farm systems better sim- sim- for the simple reason that they've just held on to every single prospect 
who's come in the system. Any GM could do that. If, if, if any GM, if any team just said, for four straight years, I am not going to deal a single prospect, then, yeah, every team's system is going gonna, is gonna to climb up the ladder. Um, but so, I mean, I mean, I think so far his plan is I'm just going to find value where I can find it. I'm going to build up a farm system, and eventually that's going to turn into a World Series winner. I don't think that's true. I think at some point a strategy has to shift to the major league level, and we don't know if that's going to happen yet. You know, a name that is fun to think about when you say all these things. I mean, Bloom has made some great draft choices. I'm not even counting Mayer because Mayer was like, he could have left his draft on auto pick and it, he would have gotten yeah. Mayer, right? Yeah. But by the Judd way, real Fabian, quick, real Judd quick, Fabian, Fabian. Judd oh, Fabian. Yeah. Did yeah. His, like that, that was just throwing a pick away. Now, it's not to say that he's not good at drafting yeah. but we know drafting is a giant crapshoot but yeah look i i agree with you i the urias 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 deal i i love it i i really do good. i think he's gonna he could hit 30 home runs one year so, with his my, swing in fenway park he really could well so before this season when i was hunting for dynasty baseball deals i was looking up what people were saying about him and people were still saying who are very critical of people who have had players who have had his struggles uh staying healthy and then performing like there could be a batting title or something in there like he's he yeah, has I don't know about a batting title for okay him, but... but i'm saying that he has legit underlying hitting yeah. skills and it, and it and it's a great move and i think that We will know. Look, it, obviously, my theory that they want to replicate replicate the Braves' sort of approach is contingent on them not even in the off season, but like tomorrow, because uh, announcing that Cassis is extended because that yeah. is like what the Braves are famous for. The days you don't expect these things to happen, yeah. they're just like we proactively got this guy, but. Here's the difference. They had Acuna to kick everything off. And he doesn't make nearly what Devers makes. Right. And is like no shade to Devers because it's not. (laughs) They're not, uh, they're not comparable players. They're not, not a bad thing. They're not in the same, they're not in the same universe right now. And I actually think this is part of this why might I'm not, this doing, might not be the time to talk about it, but I think we do podcast, need to have a conversation. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Well, we can, but we do need to have a conversation about Rafael Devers at some point. I think because I think he was signed to that deal under the assumption of widely held assumption by everybody that at some point he's going to make a leap. He's a real I – mean, I look, I love Rafael Devers. He's an incredibly valuable player to have. Um, but he is – except for the first half of last year, he's not really showing that he's capable of being like a top 10, top 20 hitter yet. And the defense, I mean, ugh, 
It's not get it, it. It it we keep seeing flashes where we're like, it's getting better. It's getting better. At the end of the year, his numbers are consistently bottom five in the league amongst third basemen for outs above average and errors. I think he's led the league in errors like four times at, from the third base position. And I believe he's first in the league in errors from third base right now. <laughs> and you kind of do have to wonder if if we think that these mega deals are going to, you know, be relatively few and far between from this front office is Devers. If you know, if you're only giving out one or two is Devers definitely the guy to give it to. I mean, look, I was thrilled with the deal when it was made, but I do think we need to have a conversation about this. If, if, if he is just a four to five win player for the next 10 years. And if, as he starts to slow down, he needs to DH. I don't don't know. (laughs) That's not that's not what you want from your one mega deal. I hope it's not the only mega deal, but if it is, that's not what you want. This is why I am newly enraged about the Mookie deal, which I know people don't want to hear about. But the point is, and always has been, Mookie is definitively better than Devers. I don't know if he's better than Acuna, but he's I, better. I, yeah. He's been better yeah. for longer, like because of age. I was just going to say, there's pretty much, there's only like two or three guys who he's not definitively better than. Otani's right. one. Acuna certainly this year. Right. And, the and you two can, MVP for the next five years, for the next five years, Acuna, sure, you can say that. And then Trout, I guess, depending on how you feel about his injury issues. But that's kind of it. And literally, if Acuna gets hurt this weekend, Mookie might win the MVP again. Yeah, that's certainly So the reason, like, because... He could have 50 home runs. It just drives me crazy. Like, I like the Devers deal because he is even acknowledging everything you said, his baseline talent is higher than most people's, like, plainly, plainly. But I, the inconsistency, like, I I, I think we've always accept, sort of just accepted that Bloom, like, as I was saying, Bloom is the main character of the Red Sox right now. Uh, that is even a, when Theo Epstein, well, even when Theo was running things, he wasn't the main character person. He wasn't because there was universal agreement on him. Every that's like, why Pedro yeah. was yeah. probably the the main character, or or, or Manny, right? yeah, right. That was like a like a, a trilateral commission between the Dominican boys, yeah. But well, the, you know it's. But, but Bloom is the main character of the Red Sox, full yeah. stop. Full now, it's stop. interesting that you're using that terminology. Um, and I think it is a really good point. And I think it's true. And I think it's an interesting way of thinking about it. But his, is he only the main character, you know, for, for those people who aren't terminally online the way we are, main character being the Twitter usage, um, the one person certain segments of of twitter just argues about constantly for a day or two is he only the main character because twitter exists now 
and it didn't when Theo Epstein was in charge. Uh, it doesn't exist now, so I'm sorry. Oh, fair point. I'm not. I, I will never call it X. I will. It's never so do dumb. That. I saw. So you know what I saw that really pissed me off? It was a news Chiron for like a local. I was like getting a slice of pizza, and the local mm. news was on in the pizzeria. And the little Chiron had that usually had the little bird, and just to tell people out there on Twitter, this is my handle, and it had this stupid fucking X. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're a news organization, you kind of have to do it. You can't. Uh, you, you have to show. Yeah, they're the world part of the, They're part of the corporate brotherhood. Well, I, I don't even mean that. I mean, it is. That's what it is. <laughs> like they have to use the correct terminology. Um. But yeah, yeah I well, I mean, they have to use the correct logo. Yeah, it's still we still have the bird on our site, and I, I don't have the capability of changing it. I don't know who does, but it's, I don't think it will be changed anytime soon. No, that's so. up to Elon. He can do yeah. it. You know what's not up to Elon? This commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back. You want to go to segments? You want to keep going with this? Well, we have well, we have a lot of things to discuss. Let's we, go. Uh, so Let's we, go. you know, Let's we talked it. about the trade deadline briefly. It's been two weeks, folks. It's been and, two and weeks. For those, because this is a an audio podcast, you can't see. Dan and I are both wearing branded Red Sox apparel, and I believe that is the first time this. this yeah, is, is your is there is yours a jersey or is that t shirt? No, jersey? it's a t shirt, but this is these are like ribbed. It's yeah, a, I've never seen the cuff, yeah. the cuffs on the shoulder. Yeah, and like this yeah, is that's... sewn on. It's it's a red, it's the red shirt with the blue letters. I got this. Uh, so my brother lived, I've had this shirt for like 10 years. My brother uh and I got tickets for a game. Uh and we were in the right field bleachers, and we went and it just started pouring. So we drank a couple beers and just pouring, 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 and we're like, fuck it, let's go to the poor house. And then we just watched the game started right when we got there. And we're like, well, we'll just watch the game. So we watched the whole game there. It was a great day. Great day. Well, Loved it. The bar does not exist anymore. RIP. Rest in COVID peace. casualty. But yeah. Um, all right. Here are the things. All right. Uh, here's what I would say we need to touch upon at some point in this show. <laughs> we obviously, we got to talk about Alex Rodrigo. We have to talk about that. Um, and it's interesting. Well, I'll get, I'll get to it later. But just brief rundown. Alex Rodrigo. The Blue Jays series. <laughs> Got to talk about the Blue Jays series. Got to talk about Pablo Reyes. I wouldn't mind talking a little, a little bit about Sedan Rafaela because I wrote about him today. Um, and then I think the last thing everyone is expecting us to, to touch upon, uh, as the world learned, you've seen Alan Dershowitz's penis. And mm-hmm. I think we have to discuss that as well because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you've considered this, but the fact that you went on the public record and put it out there saying that you have seen Alan Dershowitz's penis. I think there is now a pretty good chance that you are one day in the future called to testify as to the appearance of his penis in a court of law. And I hope you're prepared for that. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's out there, you know, the, the, 
the the AI is probably scraping the internet to find all the evidence. I guess my first question is not about the member itself, but what what were you doing at the nude beach? That's my well. Here's the here's the conundrum. Um, Martha's Vineyard is basically separated into two halves. And it's the western half, which is up island, aka upwind, and the eastern half, which Wind. is down island, which is downwind. But down island is where all the towns are for the most part. Up island is where all like the houses are, and then like the estate houses mm-hmm. that are secluded. Like there are estate houses in the towns that are closer together, but like that's you know you get it. Anyhow, the best beaches are in our up island on the south shore. And this particular one is a public beach for one of the towns. But it's like the best. It's like, especially for there are other beaches right nearby that cost a lot of money to go to. Like you need to be a millionaire to afford the key. But this one is a town beach and it's so spectacular it's also uh it's not a nude beach but is nudity friendly yeah oh no i I know of it because it's only because lucy vincent baby (laughs) i don't know who that is that's the name of the beach lucy okay i i don't i didn't know what it was but just because like when you're a kid there is such a mystique about the idea of a nude beach (laughs) And and, uh, and for some, say, like I'll growing up this. in mess like we did, like give me this. Alan Dershowitz is the singular figure who disabused <laughs> me of those of that mistake. Yeah. He is. The, I, mean, I think yeah. he's the first dick I saw on the beach, and it's like I because the OJ trial is like that's Alan Dershowitz, and it's like yeah. Yeah, okay, that's a penis. Yeah, there you go. That's a famous one. Unbelievable. Um, you but yeah, you will so not like, find I, it hard to believe that he has no shame. I think that has been well established. <laughs> that was a good one. That's a, that's a nice little. I don't even there. think that's just plainly yeah. a joke. That's just a fact. No, he clearly doesn't. Yeah, but no, I had heard of it just because, like I said, when you're like a ten or a twelve year old kid, like the idea of a nude beach has holds so much power over you. And growing up in southeastern Massachusetts, like it was like, which do you know there's one, there's one on Martha's Vineyard. It's like, <laughs> like we, it's like, yeah, it's like Porky's. At you're like, oh yeah, I'm God. sure it's out. I'm sure it's. I, I, I mean, I, I have even before hearing this Dershowitz story. But this from one you, is, I, it's funny because it's so obviously also a family beach, like so <laughs> because a lot of these beaches on the Vineyard South Shore have these brackish ponds that are like fed by the ocean, but not so much that like it's taken over. And it's awesome if you have little kids, because the little kids can go in the pond and then like 50 feet across the older kids or whatever can go in the ocean. And it's very family friendly, but then just Dersh's penis. He's just 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 hanging out there. Swinging it around. Yeah. All right, so I'm glad we discussed that because, like I said, I think you need to be prepared for the possibility. There, it's, it's, I don't know, a four, five percent chance. I'm going to say that you one day end up in a court of law because you need to prove what it looks like to a jury. I, I, um, if that's why I'm in a court of law, I consider that a W. <laughs> that would be great. You would become, 
you would become you or you could depending on how you testified you could briefly become the main character that day if you wanted to uh, <laughs> you could give poor Haim a break yeah well i mean i could use my platform to speak out on the injustice um that would be that would be wonderful oh, you... do you want to talk about verdugo because i well I, so I don't know what I, to say it seems I don't pretty say about like Verdugo either although i think it's interesting that this occurred to me as we were talking about the, the main red sox main characters from the you know the late 90s and everything I, it's been a while since we've had like i don't even know if clubhouse cancer is the right term because we don't we don't really know how this is being received in the clubhouse by the players. They haven't said anything about it really at all, but I feel like in the late nineties and early two thousands, it was a regular occurrence that there would be someone on the Red Sox every year who was a big fuck up and who was like causing problems for the team and it would get out and it would be controversial. Obviously, you know, I was thinking about Manny in, in, in that instance when we were talking about I think I, I really sounded to me like you were talking about Carl Everett. Carl, oh, yes, sure. Carl Everett is 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 a, a, a way better example of that. But even like Mo Vaughn with the Foxy Lady trial going back to that thing. And like, we haven't had it for a while. But and in fact, we did. Hugo was so self-contained. It's like entirely with Cora. It seems like there's it. It no seems like, like the two of it's them not just like there's no other, yeah. there's no outward bad acting. It's like my relationship with the manager is just poisoned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that is all. It, it, it is fascinating that we haven't heard anything from other players because even like last year, when when Casas came up in September and and was napping in the clubhouse and tanning on the lawn. Like we got grumblings about that, you know, vet, veteran players pulling them aside, telling them that's not how we that's not how we do things here, and you know, is he causing a distraction in the clubhouse? Like we heard, and we're not hearing it about Verdugo at all, even though, even though Cora is is saying whatever he did was the lowest moment in his entire managerial tenure, even though Alex Speyer came out with a piece. You know, a couple of days later, this is a triple Alex. Holy it shit! Is triple Alex. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's the triple Alex controversy. It's Alex Gate. You know, he comes out with a piece saying it's been like a, his, a persistent issue with him in his entire Red Sox career preparation, showing up on time, yada yada yada. But you're right. Like we're not even hearing any. You know, Justin Turner's not in front of a camera saying. You know, we expect everyone to be professionals here in the clubhouse. Yeah, everyone's gonna live up to the standard. They're not. They're just not saying anything about it. My fever dream was that Vertigo was pissed they didn't add anyone at the deadline because of High <laughs> and Bloom's approach. It is not his fault that he is the like. It is literally in no way his fault that he is the avatar of the High and Bloom approach. And he's yeah. not. And he wouldn't like. In my opinion, he wouldn't be wrong. And that's well, something reports are to about. be believed. He was maybe almost traded. Oh, Yes, where he is, yes. But uh, I, on a similar mess note, I saw this, like Paxson wasn't traded and was shoving tonight for mm. when people listen to this on Friday. But he was like, this sounded such like an abusive uh, partner's response. 
He's like, yeah, like he didn't trade me. He really, he trusts, he, he's going to let us go for it. <laughs> he's going to, yeah, he's giving me permission to go out and pitch. I get he to pitch all he, by he, myself. He didn't beat me. Right. To, he didn't beat us tonight. Like, that's great. We can go yeah. out there and try our best. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's, sweetie. yeah. I know that's interesting. It's also it's it's very different than Kenley Jansen's response. Um, I don't know uh, the trade deadline stuff. I I can't, I can't get too worked up about it either way. I you know I wrote a piece the other day about look. Everyone wants to blame this swoon on the trade deadline. We've seen this team do this like four other times this season without a trade deadline. No, but it's, just, it's just like I understand not to read too much into it, but the narrative timeline is just so delicious. It's hard. The narrative timeline is delicious. It's so and I also, delicious. I also saw a stat recently, and you can kind of throw this out because it includes 2020 or it does include 2020. Oh, shoot. Maybe it doesn't. I should have checked this. The Red Sox, I. If it's from 2020 or maybe it's 2021 on, but the Red Sox for at least the last three years, possibly the last four, have the worst record in Major League Baseball in the first 10 games after the trade deadline. <laughs> and it's not even close. That's lovely. I mean, it's now two years. Or, I don't remember what happened. Uh, after in the in their defense, deadline. I'm sure you saw this tweet, this, I'm sorry, this X, this post this week. Uh, where it was we're still calling it tweets we're still yeah, calling course, it a tweet of course sorry <laughs> of the uh improved or uh got worse between last year and this year in six categories uh major categories in hitting and pitching and the red sox got had gotten better in five of six i mean in in a very real way the proof was in the pit of putting there uh mm-hmm. all of this is the way it's just like to say uh high bloom is making the team better i do not in any way when was that tweet sent out though i'm curious because the offense has been so bad for the last 10 games like two days ago two days ago okay yeah Yeah. i mean but i actually here's the thing what the on the flip side of that is like what are you comparing it to because last year sucked it's like it was like coming into the season or like Six weeks in the season when Cotillo posted like, oh, where are the guys the Red Sox let go in the preseason? They weren't good. It's like, okay, well, that means they're smart. It also means they signed a bunch of bumps. Like, it's, so, yeah. it means both of those things. Right, yeah. There, There is a weird narrative that floats around, both in the micro and the macro, about the trade deadline, where it's like, yeah, the front office is super smart not to buy because this team sucks as if as if like the team uh was created by natural forces <laughs> and then the front office was then brought in to fix it um as if they didn't create it in the first place and you do hear that narrative a lot and then and then with you know with bloom in general like the way he talks sometimes or him sometimes more certain fans the way they talk about the team the like the 2019 red sox they talk as if like he inherited a, a double A team that was like thrust into the major leagues, <laughs> and like they were just, and they, you know, or like oh a team God, that was like two hundred dollars over the salary cap. Like <laughs> it's, it's like I, 
it's been my beef the whole time. Yeah. Anyone who has listened this far into this podcast or any of our podcasts knows this. What bothered me was breaking up a historically good core. That doesn't mean that this slow growth isn't going to lead to yearly contention. I quick question for you. Yeah. What do you think people want to hear more? Us talk about the Mookie trade or you describe Alan Dershowitz's penis? Uh, whatever the th- whatever door number three is. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we have for door number three? We have the Blue Jays series. <laughs> we have the, Just which, incredible. by the way, the thing an incredible the document in, in being a fan. <laughs> it really, really is. The fascinating thing to me about the Blue Jays series that I thought while I was praying for this podcast, this is now... I think the we, we, we've missed a week or two here. Almost Just always my fault. Um, but this is now, I think, the third pod in a row, or at least the third of the last four, where you and I have come on here and have been able to say, I'll say it now, we just saw the season-defining series of the 2023 Boston Red Sox. Or, or it, start with, it started with us talking about the season-defining game. We started this conversation with the Matt Dermody game. Then we talked about the Nick Pavetta game in Oakland being a possible season-defining game. Then we said, no, it's definitely that sweep of the Braves, which catapulted them back into playoff contention and sending them on a search to October. Now it's definitively this Blue Jays series, right? Well, here's the thing. I do think, yes, I think the Reese McGuire play is the high point. However, however. Low point, I'm assuming you mean. <laughs> I mean the absolute value high point of like defining, because like the Nick Pavetta thing um, was okay, good. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Matt Dermody yeah. thing was bad. Like just on the scale we're talking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The only counter I have is that if the Red Sox do somehow pull shit off, it's the Pablo Reyes. The Pablo yeah. game. But the, but I don't know. They lost. They lost the next day, and it makes me. I don't yeah. Know, you know what? You know what? Okay. Yeah, you know what though? Fighting series, of course. You know the Tiger Woods shot like the the one. On 16th on the Masters, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, I mean, I think I can picture his him. If you have Instagram, it's just yeah. like there's a shot. It's yeah. by far the best shot. Uh, like maybe in the most dramatic shot in okay. in golf recent history, easily. But anyhow, I just went mini golfing for the first time in 15 years and hit a hole in one. So oh, you hit a hole one in mini golf. I did, oh, my God. but. <laughs> Did the, did, did, did the fucking staff come out and <laughs> celebrate with champagne? No, actually what happened was my wife got pissed at me because, because I was play, we were playing with my two kids and my six-year-old, who is one issue that we're trying to work out with him is he's like too competitive and he gets too disappointed when things are hard. And we were telling him, we're like, we're like, the object of this game is not to hit it in one shot. Nobody does that. And I was, I tried to short, I tried to short arm it, but I didn't read the green well. I guess I was sloping down a little bit and it just went didn't right read in. The Mike she, Greenwell? <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, I, lo- so, I love yeah, that. Was... Uh, speaking of six year olds today, uh, my son had to go to camp. And he was watching a video. And I said, Sam, you got to stop watching the video. It's time to go to camp. And so we go down to the, we're going down to the basement and then we go into the car. <laughs> he says to me, he goes, you broke my heart and ruined my body. 
Like, what the fuck did you just say? Is that, is that something you heard your ex-wife say? Yeah, it's like, uh, what? <laughs> and he was fine 10, 10 minutes later. Um, yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, Tiger Woods. Golf. Tiger Woods, right. So anyhow, he makes this amazing shot. He bogeys the next two holes. Like, when something amazing happens, yeah. sometimes bad shit happens right after because it was so good. Like, yeah, well, I mean, this is the, the like another thing I wrote about this week that the the Veritech, uh, the Veritech A Rod fight, the Bill Miller, the Bill Miller walk off. The Red Sox went eleven and eight in the next twenty games after that. Then they went twenty and two for a stretch, but for the yeah, for the, that, the next the, twenty games August, they went eleven August and eight. Two thousand and four was the single greatest stretch of Red Sox baseball that is it, I've, it, I've ever it seen was in my amazing. life. Yeah, that was incredible. That, yeah, I, I, I looked it up. I, mean, I can't believe I didn't know it was 20 and 2 off the top of my head. So I looked it up for this piece. But I know exactly the, the series you're talking about because yeah. before that series happened, because I lived in New York, the uh, the Daily News po- did this thing where it was like the Red Sox are just like the a beer league team and they fucking suck. Mm-hmm. And it, that series was so big, and the Bill Miller Grand Slam was like, you're I like, it's a they were 11 and 18 after that, 11 and 8. 11 and 8. Okay. In their next 20, they went 11 and 8, then they went 20 and 2. After yeah. the yeah. Yankees, the Yankees outplayed them over the next 20 games. Consider the Yankees went 14 and 6 after that series. You know, so like the whole idea of momentum in baseball and and cause and effect in baseball is it really is. A you joke. know, it'd be awesome. I hate the, to admit if that because it's if fun the Red to talk Sox, about, but it is. If the Red Sox were that good this year, and then we could talk about them being that good instead of going on about twenty and nineteen no. years ago. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, couldn't they be that good? Is that the question? Like, that's the question. No, the answer is no. They can't. Yeah, but they, Chris they, Sale is coming back. Sales like coming. as good, like whatever. Here's here's the thing. Here's where the rubber meets the road with Haim, and it's not criticism. It's talent. The process is the process. Yeah. You need to have talent because, like, the, another reason I look at the Braves is Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, similar enough, right? In like how they stood sure absolutely and the braves but he, but here's the main difference they immediately p- replaced him with someone just as good but but that's but that's like that's just because the age of the ace but the point is that they let freeman play out the contract and that's that that's my that's, that's my it, entire yeah. beef yeah. uh it's like it's let <clears throat> let mookie play it out and if he's gonna leave let him leave i don't I still, to this day, don't believe that, like, like I like Wong, and Verdugo has been fine, but I don't think it, it was such a bonanza that it makes any sense given yeah. Mookie's place in history. But whatever, whatever, whatever. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows moving that. Moving on to Alan Dershowitz. No, let, no, we're moving past that. Let's get the segments. You want right, to do wait, do we have first? anything else? Hold on. Let me look. Let me look at my. Uh, bah, 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 bah. No, that's it. We don't have anything else. Yeah. No, I, here's how I think we should do this. I think we should rotate. I think we should take turns. Oh, I like this. I think I should ask you what's cooler, and then you ask me what's worse. 
That's good. Do you want to introduce okay. this? Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do here is uh, we're going to introduce these. Well, not introduce these segments. They've happened. But Dan is going to ask me what's cooler. And then I'm going to ask Dan what's worse. So Dan has like the positive side. I have the negative side. And we're just bouncing the ideas off each other. And per Dan's recommendation, 30 seconds ago that you heard, he's going to start and then I'll ask him and then he'll ask me and ask him and and we'll go through as many as we have. So Dan, you go first. Okay. I only have three. Maybe I'll come up with some more on the fly. I don't know how big your list is. I have four so I can pair one off. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Let's talk about Pablo Reyes. Pablo Reyes hit a grand slam, a game winning grand slam. One game after a disaster of a series against the Toronto Blue Jays. And more importantly, it was a game where he was arguably playing for his roster spot. Because Trevor Story was due back the next day. One of him or Yu Chang was going to go. But I got a question for you. Because I'm not sure. What would be cooler? Doing what Pablo Reyes did, which is to say hitting a game-winning grand slam in the last at bat on a day when you may have been fighting for your roster spot, or would it have been cooler if he did that in the last at bat he ever had for the Red Sox because he was released the next day? Because I got to tell you, I actually, I said in the slack when it was coming down to the Chang versus Reyes wire, I kind of wanted it to be Pablo to go because the poetry of that just would have been delicious. So I think that it's cooler that he stayed only for this reason. The Red Sox would not be able to control what happened after they let him go. The cool thing would have been, I know you don't like football, but I'm sure you're familiar. The Patriots helmet catch super bowl yeah i I was watching do you know that that is the last catch david tyree ever had in the nfl i actually did not know that so that so yeah so if pablo reyes then got picked up by like the rockies or the a's they're gonna come up in this my segment uh which he would like he's not he wasn't gonna he's not gonna retire so so that's why i think this is cooler because but i think like he I, would, his Red Sox legend status would be elevated if that, if he hit that home run and then no, was cut. The I, next I, I think that his Red Sox legend status is was submit was hit a level that is really hard to hit, even yeah. if you're here for years. Uh, it, no, you're right. It's there. Like he, like he has, he has attained Brandon Phillips level. I think it's even. It's more. I think it's, it's more. Than that. It's, it's more. Yeah, but like the Phillips home run was fun, but like it wasn't necessary. Well, the, it was in it, the... but 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 it was in a very it was a very important season. Like yes, that was... it was a it was a more important season. But his home run wasn't actually all that necessary to anything within the season itself. And Pablo I mean, Reyes may not be, probably won't be either. <laughs> Let's be but it was realistic. a grand slam, and it was his first home run of the year. So like, and it was at home. 
and it was City the Connect. yellow jersey thing. Yeah, City exactly. Connect after they were after they were swept in like literally the most embarrassing series of the year by far. Yeah, I mean it was awesome. Yeah. I as as you well know, I recapped the game. I have gotten some doozies on Monday. Uh, you really have, yeah. I, it's 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 been it's been nice on that. Like that and the Pavetta game are that's those are two of the best ones. Yeah, Monday's All been right. a good night for Red Sox baseball. All right, here we go. Which is worse? Justin Turner being hurt or Justin Turner deciding to play through being hurt? <laughs> uh okay. This is gonna go into one of my subsequent ones. I think it is a tough call. Uh, I mean, I, look, obviously the boring answer is we have to see how much the heel affects him. And and maybe in the batter's box, it, it won't affect him all that much. Um, I certainly think it's, it certainly seems like it's going to be something that impacts his ability to, to play third or first or certainly second base. Um, but that hopefully isn't necessary anymore. Um, but in the batter's box, you know, if he can hit and, you know, running the bases will be difficult. If he can still hit, that's there is some value there where it's maybe worse for him trying to play through it is well, two levels. One, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's been a lot of research in recent years showing that, you know, the idea of athletes playing through injuries is almost always bad for your team because, because all these guys are so good and the step down from your starter to whoever is going to take his at-bats is not as big a step as the starter to the injured starter. And the injured starters tend to really underestimate how much worse they are in those scenarios. And they try to play through it. It doesn't work. And maybe we're seeing, maybe we're seeing a little bit about with this, with Trevor story right now. Although in his, in his case, I think Trevor Story, it's really just rust more than more than any lingering effects of the injury. It seems to me in Trevor Story, it's like entirely to do with throwing the ball. Like that's it seems to be that I don't know. I mean, he's racking up the case so far. I, I don't think it no, might be more okay, of a time. But thing. like the, I, I'm not ta- I'm talking about the approach, not the results. Like the approach yeah. is designed to have him like, yeah, he's striking out, but uh Anyhow, doesn't All right, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, cause I will tie this into my next one and then I'll let you go and I'll tie it in. I'm going to say it's worse for him to play through it because I do think that there are options available to the Red Sox right now uh, that could provide them with a, with a better everyday lineup than, than a, a Justin Turner who struggles to run. If that's, if that's what it's going to look like, we don't, we don't even know yet. And, but presumably, and I, that's I agree with like. you for what it's worth because I think that, and I have thought a long time. I think you agree with me that like his contributions be more valuable next year. I think just on a sort of theoretical. I don't, I don't basis. think he's going to be here next year. If he is, yeah. Uh, but doesn't his contract go through next year? Well, he has he has an option, but the way like he's he's guaranteed. I think like 4 million for next year anyway. And he has an option to take it up to like, like an additional three or 4 million or something like that. So basically like if you do the calculate, if you do the math from his perspective, 
if he opts out, all he's got to do to make out is just is get a, a free agent deal that he seems like it will be pretty fairly easy and reasonable for him to get. Um, so I think we're going to see an opt out there, and we, we we can discuss this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's got a role on next year's team, but that that makes sense. I, I it also makes sense to me. Like he's 39. I think is he 38 or 39? I think he's 38. Yeah, okay. I mean, it makes sense why he'd want to play through it. I mean, uh, and if he's not on the team next year, I, I guess I'm okay with that. It's just this is when when you build a team like this and you're depending – like, he's great. I, I He's one of my favorite hitters who's not like a superstar hitter of the last 10 years. Easily, easily was before – he was before he was on the Red Sox. I Mm-hmm. He's so he's so good. He's so good at just hitting. Um but it seems to me like again, like you go back to the Paxton quote I was talking about, where it's like, oh, they're gonna let us compete. And it seems like Turner is like, Yeah, they're gonna let me. They're like th- this is like a little they're throwing everything against the wall right now. I I, I don't think they're throwing a a huge amount against the wall, but they are throwing it all there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and that's, it's neat, but I, 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 my expectations aren't high, but I do like, I, this team has a lot of likable guys. It really does. It does. It does. And that's why it's uh, interesting that <laughs> we're getting a sort of clubhouse cancer controversy this year. We haven't really gotten one in a couple of years because mm-hmm. it is a likable team. Um, and all right, Verdugo so really isn't like he shouldn't be good enough to be able to pull this off, but well, yeah. that's that's another interesting thing about this is I mean, he was so good for one month, yeah. And and let's not forget, like, we're not that we're only a couple of weeks removed from him, uh, jawing and complaining about not making the all star team ahead of Julio Rodriguez. And uh, let me tell you, since then, he had a little bit of an argument to make at the time. He really no longer has an argument to make anymore. He is, I mean, Verdugo is now having defense accepted almost the exact same statistical season he has had for the past two years. He is what he is. There's no, there's no, there's no shape, but he seems to, he seems to be ashamed of it. Yeah. Um. All right, so this Number is going to tie into What do you think is cooler, Brian Joyner? Being an all-world defensive shortstop or an all-world defensive center fielder? <clears throat> and the reason center why fielder. I'm asking this, center you think fielder. a center fielder is cool? Okay, why? Because... If you are an all-world center fielder, you are probably a better hitter than the all-world shortstop. That is true. I wasn't thinking about offense at the time, but that definitely is true. Purely defensively? uh... You can answer it however you want to. You don't have to to take any of my premises. Well, but like my mind went to like... As Drupal Cabrera and like Jose Iglesias and Omar Vizquel. Yeah. 
And then it went to like Jackie Bradley Jr. and Kevin (laughs) Kiermaier and Ken Griffey Jr. And like, obviously one of those things is not like the other, but I'm not as, I'm probably more impressed by the shortstop play, but I enjoy the, the center field stuff more. I think this, the center field is, is it's unquestionably it's a more of a so that's glamour position. I think position. it's cooler. Yeah. I think it's cooler. That It's more of a glamour position, certainly historically in baseball. Although I think that's, I think that's been changing for the last 20 years or so, because you know, they, look, everyone talks about before the, before the Ripken era, before the Nomar Jeter A-Rod era. I mean, you lived it. You lived the No More Jeter era, A Rod era. Nobody could how dare you. How dare you leave out Miguel Tejada? Miguel, I, I, the you fourth know what? Musketeer. <laughs> you know what? I I shouldn't have done that because, boy, did I spend a lot of time of my life in 1999 arguing that Miguel Tejada was better than Derek Jeter and was the one that deserved to be in the in the triad. Mister Swing at everything for <laughs> Moneyball. Yeah. Mister Swing at everything. Yeah. Um. But like it. it at, when those three were in their prime, like all anyone could talk about was like, what shortstops are allowed to hit? This is witchcraft. Um, it was still kind of a new thing, whereas center fielders, you know, had, had been sluggers for, for generations at that point. I mean, point. part of the reason A-Rod fucking sucks was that he, like, yes, he went to the Yankees who suck. But A-Rod was a fucking incredible defensive shortstop. I know, I know. Moving moving to third for for cheater of all people. It's just, oh, it's gross. It was yeah. just, and like, and the funny part is that now those two and Poppy are the Fox booth. It's I know. like, uh, it's crazy. But he, uh, he, it's, it, 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 this total lack of ego, which is very, strange for a player of his caliber but he was he was the best fielder out of in a few include Tata, he was the best fielder out of the four of them i don't uh, think it was lack of ego i think i don't, I don't want to discuss a-rod too much i, I okay. think it was i think in some ways he thought that by moving over to third he would be like adding to his legacy you know and showing it well he did win two mvps he, yeah, or he went one, to him. One or yeah. two. Well, he certainly won at least one with the Rangers. He won because he won. No, he won two with the Rangers, I think. Yeah. So he won one with the Yankees. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the reason why I'm asking this question is, of course, because the Red Sox have a prospect in Worcester. He's their their closest elite prospect to the major leagues right now, Sedan Rafaela. So I said the is... Red Sox don't have an Acuna. Was I wrong? <laughs> yes, you were wrong. <laughs> He's not that good, I don't believe at all. But he is right he now. Is qu- like, okay, not as you said earlier, not being Acuna is not like an actual measurement because yes. Uh, you're are you're shorter than Yao Ming? Well, fucking join the club. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's really good. He is really good, and he is. Uh, there are scouts who say right now he's already one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. Like it, like his glove is that good. If he were in the major league center center fielder right now, he might be the very best in the game. He's not quite as good at shortstop, but he's outstanding there as well. And he's hitting the living fuck out of the ball right now. Really? He had no home run in five straight games. Now, there I, are I, questions. I just want to caution you that Jaron Duran did the same thing in AAA. 
Jaron Durant did do the same thing. And the thing with Sedan Rafaela, too, is that, you know, they always say you're not supposed to scout the stat line. He is, he has an absolutely horrendous approach at the plate. He swings at everything. And his triple A walk rate right now is is just 4.7%, which would, if it were, if it were 4.7% in the big leagues, which we have many reasons to suspect it would be even worse than that. 4.7 would be the seventh worst in all of baseball this year. <laughs> so you're really talking about, so if, if, if you consider that it would be worse than that, as he comes up to the big leagues, like this is a guy who really doesn't walk at all. And there are a lot of questions as to whether his approach would translate at all. There are some people out there who think that this guy who is currently hitting like 320, 360, 600 in Worcester, and like I said, just hit a home run in five straight games. There are some people out there who are like, no, he's not going to hit at all at the big leagues. We don't know. But I think that he should maybe be brought up right now. And and they shouldn't wait for for September. And the Justin Turner injury is a big reason why I think. And I was thinking about this last night. I was thinking about this when when the ball went through the monster, <laughs> when the ball you know crashed into the outlet. It's crazy, just that, just like it's insane. It's I mean, it's literally one of the things like why baseball is amazing. I know it's. I can't believe it happened, and they showed it and a million as, times. As, as you know, amazed. but the listeners do not. Someone who's 27, was, was it Riser? Jake Riser was like, I've never seen that in my 27 years. And I wrote like, if you're 127 years old, you've never seen that. See that. Yeah. It's, ne- it's never happened before. It's never happened and it will never happen again. But I couldn't help but think as I watched that replay over and over and over again, I was like, a good left fielder catches that ball. Because <laughs> it did only hit a foot off the ground of the monster. And Yoshida he did look, he, he did look, and then it's not only that he looked confused, like once the ball didn't ricochet, he looked, he looked at his glove at one point, justifiably in some ways. He just he looked, looked like, what, what is going he, on? Where he is looked, it? he looked in his glove at one point, which is like he didn't come, like his, he didn't come within two feet of catching that ball, but he was still like, well, it's got to be somewhere. Maybe I caught it. I don't know. I didn't feel it. But so look, Yoshida is not good at defense. The Raphael Red Sox are not up. good I mean, at defense. Raphael is going to be up. No, but September. here he's going to be up in September. But but look at where they are right now. Right now you have Justin Turner, who's not on the field, and they don't know when he's going to be on the field. And even if he is going to be on the field, he might not be able to play in back to back days. They have Yoshida and Casas, who are both really poor defensive players right now, but whose bats need to be in the lineup and both of whom are getting to the point where they're about to play more games than they've ever played in their career. Certainly that's the case with Casas. Yoshida, it's not as drastic with him, but in Japan, they only play 145 game seasons and he's playing, you know, they don't fly anywhere in Japan. They take trains all the time. In a lot of ways, the, the sort of off the field stuff of being a ball player in Japan is a little bit easier on the body and the mind than it is in the States. So also he's probably going to be wearing that. You're actually yeah. getting nutrition. Yeah, <laughs> almost certainly. So they have an opportunity right now where, and Adam Duvall is not doing shit. <laughs> Adam Duvall has no, no role on this team, except that he did. He is hitting third tonight and he did already hit a double. But <laughs> other than that, he's not doing shit. There's a place for Rafael on this team right now 
to start in center field for probably three to four times a week at least while they rotate Yoshida, Casas, and maybe Turner if he comes back or not through the DH spot. And now the the Red Sox defense, which is historically bad, certainly the worst defensive team I've ever seen in my life, unquestionably. Like you have an opportunity now to turn what has been a real problem. If you shift Duran over to left and Duran's been, you know, we've been talking about the improvements that Duran has made in center field. He Always was better in left. If, if the Red Sox. He's certainly better. better left. He's only, he's only, he's bang out. He's, he's at zero outs above average on the season, which for a center fielder is not good. <laughs> That's act, like, it's, it's, it sounds like it's average. Sure. But it's actually, he, that makes him the 34th best defensive center fielder in baseball. There's only 30 teams. Stick him in left. It's not that good. So uh, a Duran, Rafaela, Verdugo outfield, like that all of a sudden is one of the best outfields in baseball. And uh, like I well, said, I, I, hold on. Pump the brakes there. Verdugo is going to be a gold glove finalist this year. And Rafaela okay. is oh, maybe, oh, according oh, to some oh, people, the best center fielder in the world. Oh, Alex Verdugo, 19 to 80, whatever to 2000, whatever. Gold glove finalist fought with Alex Cora. No, he's been, no, he's been by his Verdugo family. has been great in the field this year. He has. He, he absolutely has. And what, so, what, what, what does Yoshida do? So you, this is what I'm saying. So you do a you do a DH rotation between Casas, Yoshida, and Turner, and that way you end up getting never, getting Rafaela's glove in the field three or four times have, a week. Like I love Turner, but my my man. Well, if if maybe if Turner can't if if Turner can't get back in the field at all, that that would <laughs> precipitate exactly what you're saying in a much yeah. smoother way. I don't know who plays first base. <laughs> <laughs> with Casas DHing, I guess get a. I guess I guess you know, the Reyes goes to first, and Pablo Reyes plays second, maybe. Well, just have Pablo Pablo Reyes can do everything. So just yeah. all right. Hold on, it's my turn. I get to go. Okay. Now. All right. Uh, I know you hate football. Like I do, but that's all right. Other people. So don't. right now, the Patriots are playing their first preseason game. Preseason football is a special kind of nonsense. Are you gambling? Which on this is game? worse? Is that where we're going? No. Which is worse? Preseason football or A's Rockies? <laughs> I mean, you're you have the wrong audience for this. I mean, I, I, I'm certainly watching the A's Rockies game over preseason football. Okay, that's and, fucking crazy. But I also think. Um, why is that lunacy? <laughs> the A's, I, like something, you, something like a uh, someone could hit for the cycle in the A's Rockies game. Someone could strike out twenty hitters in the A's Rocky game. Like there's still stuff to watch. There's nothing to watch in a preseason football game. That's not true at all. <laughs> Beyond there, like, how's this guy looking? For there you the go. There you go. Three series that looking? he's playing in. Exactly. Exactly. Precisely. It's. <laughs> It's like, uh, do you want a little bit of drugs or do you want a lot of boring shit? It's like, I'll take a little bit of drugs. I don't think the drugs is the right analogy there. (laughs) I really don't. You're trying to get drunk on near beer and just like guzzling it down like, oh, 0.3%. Let me feel it. 
let me feel it. Or I mean, I, I knew I knew what you were going to say when I asked. So no, I'm not trying to. I'm, no, see, the thing is, like, I'm not. Sucks. Don't worry. I'm, I'm not, not trying to get drunk on raisins. I'm just like relaxing with one beer. With it raisins. wasn't raisins. Ra- Rocky's A's. Rocky's A's. You're right. Rocky's A's. Think of the I'm worst. Just... Like that plays into my next question. Also, also, wait a minute. What stadium is it in? What ballpark is it in? Does that make sense? Which is worse? Uh, well, the, obviously the Coliseum is worse, but okay, like, oh, you know, um, my, you know, like, know, are there teams mile. that were you would like to see worse than that? I just I went with what I thought was sort of off the head of my head. Are the there teams that I want to? Because like I do like the A's in some way, so I don't even know if it applies. Yeah, and also like, is there a reverse boycott going on? They just did another one of those. I'm like, I'm are there sell the, the team chance going on? So I guess my question is like, what is the like whatever the worst like yeah. Royals Rockies or something? Because like I did that. voluntarily, I like I tuned into that reverse boycott game. I watched sure. like four okay. innings. Royals of that. That was Rockies <laughs> is is that a better example? Uh, that probably is a better example because boy was this Royals team that just visited Fenway uninteresting. Um, that is a better example, but again. I You're going still to go with it. Yeah. Well, that those are that, oh those Brady are, Singer. He's those are two <laughs> five yeah. ERA, but he was really good at Florida. Brady Singer is absolutely yeah. How is this guy doing? Yeah, exactly. I was, like, I was I was honestly shocked. I was listening on the radio, and I was just like, "Is Brady Singer like oh shit like?" You're still in this organization when you're not. I was like, oh, because the organ you're not good and the organization isn't good. So he like, still might be good. We'll he see. could yeah. like he could end up being good, of course. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, you go. All right. This is my last one. Nick Pavetta last night went five innings. He allowed five hits. Or sorry, he allowed four hits. Uh two hundred runs, walked two, struck out eight. It was another, uh, yet another strong pitching performance for Nick Pavetta, but his first one back in the rotation. So, Brian Joyner, what is cooler? Nick Pavetta being a sturdy, reliable arm back in the rotation, or would it be cooler if he was still doing this as a bulk guy? The bulk guy. Yeah. I wish there was some reason that it was just like, (laughs) this is what works. I'm fat. I have the exact same answer, and I'm kind of amazed that I do because I hate the concept of the opener and the bulk guy so much. I hate it, hate it, hate it. I do not want the pitching to go in this direction. I'm terrified that it's going to. I don't care, man. Like, I really don't. Uh, I don't. It really is like six to one or half a dozen of the other to me. No, except for the best pitchers in the game. Obviously, let them like Michael Lorenzen can tell he's not even one of the best pitchers in the game, but like Michael Lorenzen can show you why you want your guys starting. But I think it would be much cooler for whatever reason. Nick Pavetta was just like, yeah, I need an, I need an inning to fucking charge. Yeah. Well, and it's also, again, like if Nick, if Nick Pavetta had been putting up, the same stats that he has been for the last two months as a starter, we'd be like, great, we're getting good production on Nick Pavetta. And then we'd probably forget about it five years from now, but we're going to remember this run for a long time because it's just so bizarre the way he is moved to the bullpen still ends up being asked to do the same thing. Like to still ask him to go six innings. No and difference. all of a sudden just like comes out and is supercharged with it. 
Um, so yeah, I agree with that. I think it's way cooler that when he was doing it as an opener, and I kind of, I'm sure he's happy to be back. We know he's happy to be back in the rotation. Yeah, I mean, he uh, was, but he was, he was audibly unhappy to be out of it. Yeah. All right, last one for me. Do you do immaculate grid? I know we've talked about this, but do you do it? I am not an everyday guy, okay. and I. So my here's my thing with immaculate grid. It it breaks my brain, or it doesn't break my brain. It stops my brain from working. <laughs> Every I I go into it. Here's my problem. I, I open up the grid. The statistical categories, those are not a problem. Cake. So, yeah. Cake. So in fact, in fact, I, I know there was the one awards last week not that was some, all... like rookies of the year, pain in the ass, but like I, even even either way, even those I find easier. The team ones. Here's what happens to me when with the team ones. There's a reason I, I said A's and Rockies <laughs> earlier because, like, when those when that shit crosses, I just feel bad for whoever would like. I'm just like, oh, honey, no. But see, my problem isn't even that there are certain teams I don't know anything about. My problem is like the Orioles will will pop up there, and my brain will key in on like a totally random era of, or it'll like key in on like the late nineties era of Orioles baseball. And I will immediately be like, uh, Scott Erickson, Armando Benitez, Cal Ripken Jr. Well, in uh, fairness, Roberto Alomar is a very useful player. Yeah. But here's the problem. So my brain will key in on that particular Orioles team. And it will I can't get out of that era. Like, like Adam Jones will will completely slip and disappear from my brain, and so that's what happens with these team categories. For some reason, I just I I don't know why. It's not like there's any pressure on me to do this. It's not like you know, like it shouldn't be. It it shouldn't have this kind of effect on my brain, but it does. Like I just key in on one particular era of each franchise, and I can't get out of it, and it drives me nuts. So that's so I do it, but. It drives me nuts, and I also frequently, I don't, I probably don't, I probably don't give myself enough time to do it. I get, I get frustrated pretty easily. Well, that all like, oh, all I'm, I'm now done. you're getting, now you're getting to the question: What's worse, losing it on your first guest or your last guest? Ooh, that's a ooh. I kind so of lost think... it on the first today. That's why I ask. Yeah. So. I've never lost it on my last guess because, but I frankly, like I said, I, I frequently get frustrated <laughs> before I get, before I get to the last square. I have lost on my first guess. I think, I think losing on your first guess is worse because in almost every case where I've lost on the first guess, I've had one guy in mind where I'm like, well, I know this guy is right. But I don't want to pick them because I'm, you know, I'm going for, you know, I want to get a, a, a sub one percent similarity score. Yeah, I'm, I'm over that. I, I just, oh, see, I, to me, that's to me, that's like the only fun thing left. You know, well, like the other day, like I don't two days so ago, because there was I a, have because there's nine things you got to fill out. I'm just like, I'll take layups where I can get them. You're right. Eventually, I do end up going there. But like you know, when you get uh, the, the other day, there was like a Yankee Rookie of the Year one, 
And I was like, I don't want to put Derek Jeter down for this. It's going to be 70%. I, I put it Deki Matsui, and he didn't win. I remember that being a big debate. Yeah. And then I put Jeter. And I was like, so I agree with you. The first is the worst. And today, yeah. I first was, there's Rangers 40 home run season. I'm like, oh, Nelson Cruz, obviously. Like, I could have put Juan Gonzalez. I'm sure he did yeah. it. But like, oh, Nelson Cruz. But Nelson Cruz didn't do it. You top out like 36 or something like that, probably. It's like, oh, all right. Well, fuck now. Um, And then it's, yeah, no, it's definitely worse doing the first guess. You're like, okay, what what do I open a private browser now? Like, yeah, this is dumb. This is stupid. I'm just. Yeah. Well, I also think it's stupid that you can't just like keep doing it and not get a score. Like, guys. Yeah. I like it's. I agree with that. Anyhow, it's. It is like along the lines of Wordle. It is such a like. It's a wonderful idea, and it's meant to be done for like ninety seconds a day. To make grid maybe a little bit longer because you have mine. Yeah. Anyhow, you ready to talk about the tigers who suck? <laughs> no, I'm not. I actually They're forgot. Very bad. <laughs> no, we don't need to. I think we should both predict the Red Sox to sweep because of the tigers. Okay. That sounds good to me. Do you have a recommendation? I do have a recommendation. So do I. Um, I have a very, I have a very good one. But you go first. Okay, I was on the Cape last week. I was in your neck of the woods. I don't know if you consider that. You were, you were near. You were across the, the the water from yeah. across uh, the Vineyard Sound from my <clears throat> neck of the woods. Wait, where was, were you? Were in Orleans? I was in Harwich, which is oh, a yeah. place <laughs> I've never been before. Oh, I'll tell you something. I started the cross country team at Martha Vineyard Regional High School. This is a fact. This can be backed up by the guy who was the coach then and is still the coach now. And in the first years, we lost to every single team on the Cape except for Harwich. We beat Harwich, yeah. We well, beat I, them I'm... there and we beat them at on Martha's Vineyard. Those yeah. the, that was the only time we won. I think, for some reason, I think I saw this when I was down there. I don't think there is a Harwich High School anymore. <laughs> I guess they were so small that they had to If you lost to my cross-country team, you should probably pack it up. Yeah. I was surprised at how, I mean, you know, the, the Cape is not a monolith. The towns have their own characteristics. Um, but, like, I was surprised. Like, Harwich was pretty preppy. It was more preppy than... A lot of the other Cape Towns I've spent time in. But anyway, so I'm going to recommend a, a business establishment there. It's a place called Perks. It's right on Main Street in Harwichport. Uh, it's called Perks because it, I'm guessing, presumably, they started as a coffee shop. They started as a very small coffee shop. But they had this amazing outdoor area. And at night, it turns into a beer garden. And I, first of all, I have always loved that concept so much i've always loved coffee shop in the day bar at night concept and a lot of places struggle to pull it off because those two types of establishments tend to have different aesthetics but because like there's no seats inside at this place uh, because it's all outside it really works you go there in the morning and there's nice morning light and you sit outside with your coffee you come back at night and, you know, there's the bar there and people are playing bar games and stuff and you're just hanging out. It's just, it wasn't that crowded. At one point, there was a, a 21st birthday party that rolled in. Um, question for you. General, give me your general thoughts. A, a 21st birthday party organized and run by your mother. Is that 
Are you for or against that? Um, I think that's more just expressive of who you are. I, I think that if you need hand-holding on this journey to being an alcohol-consuming adult legally, that's fine. I wouldn't put too much stock in the first one. I would I say that person. Impression that they needed handholding. I just got the impression that the mom wanted to party. Okay, well then, yeah. I mean, it's the summer on the Cape, man. I'm, I'm not judging. I judged. I don't think that's cool. Don't, yeah, well, don't don't bring your parents to your 21st birthday party. That's the difference back. between island folk and you stuck up cape people in your preppy ways i guess so yeah just, yeah that, that, that's what everyone says martha's vineyard is the working class destination compared that's to cape west Tisbury fucking is i'll tell you that much all right here's my recommendation the best podcast i've ever heard best narrative podcast by far and i mean by far I, i've listened to a, a whole bunch of true crime and true crime similar stuff straight through in the last month i've been delivering a lot of food frankly and so i can go through one of these in a day this podcast is called the trojan horse affair it's about this letter that in birmingham england that in a way they don't even really explicate their explicate is like probably was either exacerbated by brexit or like precipitated brexit it, it all happened around the same time i don't know the time exactly that was almost certainly written by this pre this this uh elementary school teacher who then fired for teaching assistance this doesn't make it sound interesting but what it's about is muslims in muslims in england and okay. how they're treated and how the gotcha. media treats them because everything it was people picked up and ran with it. Imagine like there being a school scandal and like Tucker Carlson, you know, as of when he had a job and like Jesse waters and Alex Jones running with mm -hmm. it. I mean, and I feel like that really affecting and really affecting the course of national politics based on something that is clearly fabricated and they know it's fabricated. Yeah, and it's an that American is incredibly criminal. easy to imagine. Right. But it's like, it's, it's a Muslim guy who was a doctor who became a journalist who was lived in Birmingham because this pissed him off so much because he knew it was lies. An American journalist trying to get to the bottom of this stuff. And because I'm obviously interested in journalism, it really gets to the nature of what journalism is and why Gov why governments and societies act like they do even when they know they're being wrong and the lengths they will go to to not admit it it's one of the most amazing pieces of uh journalism i've heard it's called the trojan horse affair it was by serial productions it's not like the most down low thing but it's it is from early 2022 is when is when the series came out i cannot cannot possibly recommend it higher interesting i may consider checking that out i feel like i don't have I, my podcasts are um 
you like journalism, if you like journalism, that I've listened to so many now, like podcasts that are true crime, narrative journalism, they're all mixes of like the research we did, the, the amount we're trying to figure out. Some of them are like, we're figuring it out as we go. Some of them are, we reported all the stuff and now we're going to give it to you episodically. This is the best mm-hmm. mix of all of them that I've ever heard. Uh, it really is mind-blowingly good. So I'm happy, I'm I'm happy to have something that I avidly not. recommend that I don't have to think about force on this one. Right. Um, that's a good one. Um, and I think that's it for Monsters of Socks After Dark. We did this. We did this at night. We don't usually do that. Um, so, yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's go to bed. <laughs> I am pretty tired. Uh, until next week, I'm Brian Joyner. That's Dan Secatore. All right, take care, man. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> are we gonna? Are we workshopping these on the air? No, no, we're keeping that. <laughs>